Hi guys, um, so Lodica and myself, say hello Lodica. Hello. <laughs> Lodica and myself just started speaking and it's something that's been on my mind for quite a while. So I'm sure most of you know the idea of coming into a Christian marriage is that you need to be a certain person. I mean, I think we have the idea that you have to tick all the boxes. And I've just been struggling with this concept for quite a while now that no one is perfect. No one is great. No one is altogether lovely in every single way. And then the insecurities that come about in trying to be that person make you not yourself. Does that make any sense? You try and be the perfect person. You try and make yourself whole. You try and present yourself in a certain way. And then that exact thing is the thing that I think that sometimes fractures relationships. I personally believe that it's better for us to go into relationships acknowledging our shortcomings, our weaknesses, our flaws, being completely vulnerable and having a realistic pers uh, perception of what actually people are in relationships. I mean, I don't think you can I don't think you can approach a relationship with the idea that the other person needs to be perfect. And if they're not, then they don't fit the bill or even worse, we're just we're just reading something now and I know the heart behind it, and I'm sure most of you know this, and you can also comment on this, that um, from Christian teachings, it's like we need to ask ourselves certain questions. We need to ask ourselves whether or not we are still fractured, we are completely whole, whether or not our relationship with the Lord is thriving, whether or not we have all of our ducks in 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 an order in like in a row do we have finances do we have and then i start to wonder to myself what's the difference between that and the world's perspective that's exactly why marriage rates are steadily declining up until early 30s because people have a perspective that no you need you, i take my sister and dylan for example not that there's anything wrong with the way that they did it it's just that it's a very stereotypical pattern go to school do your best at school, go to university, finish university, get a job in your 20s, fives, earn enough money for a proper marriage, proper wedding. All the while, I mean, obviously in, in the world, you can live with one another and you can sleep with one another. And that's, you're not allowed to do in a Christian marriage or a Christian relationship. But you build up towards the point of like, okay, cool, we've reached point number C, now we are between 28 and 33 it means that marriage can be conducted we then go from conducting our marriage because we've dealt with past issues we have enough economic stability we have enough um, of a, a psychological freedom to be able to think to ourselves that we can raise kids and we you know what i mean like and then you go from 33 to through to 37 you have your kids and then everything just carries on in this perfect little cycle of life except that's just not the way that life is you get what I'm saying? So I just think it's a I just think it's a it's a joke to try and think that people would you need to have everything in order because the problem is then you'll never get into a relationship. You'll constantly be evaluating all the areas of yourself that suck. And let's face it, there are many areas in all of us that suck. Yeah. And for me it's about finding someone. And everybody says your <clears throat> husband or wife must be your best friend. And, I, yeah. and, that, and that they must think about it a bit. Because in the end, sex will not be 
the main thing. It withers away. It becomes mundane. I do think it needs to be upkept, though. I yeah, mean, that's yeah. just on a... You do need to maintain a healthy sexual relationship, even in, from a biblical point of view, where it's like sometimes you have sex just for having sex sake. I must just say the Bible's instruction is that you have sex for sex sake. So... Oh, I mean, it's also that you have sex for pleasure's sake. It's yeah, but for the over. man. No, and for a it woman. It was a woman's duty. It does. It's not pleasure in duty. No, I mean, for a woman, in terms of the book of Song of Solomon, the, the woman gets pleasure out of that. Make no mistake. She's... For me, the poison is just in expectation. So when you meet someone, there's no way she can become a best friend. In eight or nine months. So how long do you think it takes? To it takes at least three years to get to know a person. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I think, well, you and myself already disagree no, on this. I think in three years someone can change. So yeah. you, get, you get to know someone and then three years down the line, they're literally different. Yeah, it's just, it's a tricky thing. So steer clear if you are not sure. Yeah, I <laughs> don't think it's not about... After not, 20 years... Okay, that's the question. You're what going to be you either think? a very unhappy person and you're going to... And it's fine because then you've made a promise and honor your promise. But for me, it's friendship is about loving a person' um, dark side just as much as the light. And then together you build together. You build one another together. You build something together. Whatever tickles your fancy. Um, but it must be a build and. That best friend thing, what do you do with your best friend? You have fun with him, you cry with him, you are honest with him, truth truth without being ugly, don't tear them down. But if you can find a person that you can play with well, um, if you can get past the um, illusion of what you anticipate or what your expectations of no, this marriage is. But I think is, that's how all friendships are. All friendships revolve around some yes, form of anticipation. And until you get a boyfriend or a girlfriend, then all of a sudden it's not that casual interaction. Yeah, because it's not it's just like, friendship. That's yeah, the other side to it. There is you... supposed to be more than just friendship. It can't just be no, friendship. No, no, I agree with you. But um, You are supposed to be, uh, put it in a different way, the idea of having your best friend. I mean, that's the, the common phraseology. You need to marry your best friend. Well, the idea of a best friend, for the most part, generally speaking, is that you have a same-sex best friend. Your best friend, is, for a woman, is generally speaking a woman, and for a guy, is generally speaking a guy. For a guy. That's how it normally functions. Those are your best friends, right? So, so the idea of going intergender then, so making this person your best friend or your significant other, means that... Um, you need to evaluate how you treat your same-sex best friend. And then, yes, there are other aspects to this friendship with your spouse in that now it's a sexual relationship, now it's an emotional depth. And, but, I mean, I think of my dad. My dad said to me, the, the person that he's connected, one of the people that he's connected to most in his entire life was a guy friend of his that he went to army with. He was just his best mate. He told him things, he walked the road to this guy, you know what I mean? He just knew this guy would be there for him, he, they, they trusted one another. They were, so it's like you or me having a best friend, yes, you need to be able to engage with one another, yes, you, you choose activities, but I don't, there's definitely a difference between having a best friend and having a spouse. The, 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 the connection does need to be a little bit different, it can't just be that it's 
the same exact thing as what you would have with a best friend because otherwise you just have a best friend you don't just want a best friend uh, uh it it's a best friend that becomes a partner that becomes a helper that becomes in in or i say a oneness where it's i'm speaking to you on the level of wanting to play wanting to have fun wanting to go on adventures wanting to um, encourage one another wanting to stand with one another through the morning times but that's all that you could do in a best friend relationship it needs to be more than that yeah but the trick is how do you know well whether I, your spouse is whether you're gonna make it well that it's you don't know that about anything though Fletz. it's like me saying to you how do you know you're gonna stay a christian people. it's exactly the same question how do you know you're gonna stay a christian how do you know you're going to stay doing your work? How do you know you're going to pay for the rent? How do you know that you're not going to be in a car accident where you don't break your legs and you can't work? How do you know? You don't know. That's literally the answer. But what you, so from a psychological point of view, this is called what if questions. You, you can't ask yourself what if questions. What if questions create obsessive compulsive disorder? They are the reason for anxiety thoughts. It's, it's an anxiety provoking thought process that one goes through in themselves. You can't ask yourself what if questions based in a future perspective because you have no idea what if, you know, but what you do have is today. Yes, I must also say that you are still young, so you have still all those dreams and things. But the older you get, they are not that important anymore. In what dreams? Like having a buddy for life, a husband or a wife or children. Then when you are my age, then all of a sudden, they're not so important anymore. See, I don't think so. I think you've already had a, a buddy in your life that it didn't feel or connect in exactly the same way that you see on the movies and therefore your perspective on marriage as a whole is somewhat jaded not necessarily that like i put it to you in a different way your idea as a servant-hearted individual in in being for your husband whether that's making him food cooking the dishes what it, cooking the dishes cooking the dinner <laughs> washing the dishes serving and loving that's your very much your love language that's very much how you feel appreciated is when people do that for you you know what i mean that's when you know that you are significant that's when you because the thing that you do the most is generally speaking the way that you want people to respond to you you know um now let's just say person X in a new marriage, we just pretend low, we go back in time, or I don't know whether right now back in time, this person does that for you. They genuinely do and they commit to doing that. So now I agree with you, there needs to be a commitment in that it's going to be an everyday thing where I purposefully, not in the what-ifs of this person not being serving me tomorrow, how can I know that they're going to carry on being like this tomorrow? I can't know that. But I can know that today, that I am doing what I can do, so as for me to build into this relationship. And even in the times where I can see that they're not doing anything, my heart is still geared towards hope, firstly of restoration between us so that we can form a greater unity and, and magnify God in this relationship. But secondly, I'm purposefully trying to address and solve the issues. I'm not, I'm not just okay with this person fading out of love with me. Because that obviously means at an introspective level, I can see certain things that I can learn to do. I'll give you an example of this. Something that's been passing through my mind recently um, with Emily is that Emily is uh, very business-minded, finance-orientated, 
accountant Ugh, you know like what <laughs> now that's it's not to say that i'm against it it's just not doesn't interest me at all you know but i've honestly been thinking about spending time learning about that world just whether it's just 15 minutes a day reading about different types of tax and different things of banking and different things of account for no other reason then I believe it will sustain the, help sustain a relationship, help allow for her to know that she's appreciated enough for me to grow in her interests. Mm. And that's just how it has to be in all relationships. Now, you can take that outside of the context of pursuing a spouse and you can put that in any relationship. If I want to help you, and think about it, the way that we've connected many a time, is that I can see you angry from work or just tired from work or even when you didn't have work, whatever it is. And I look at the void and I try and adjust my life so as to be with you in that place. You know what I mean? So whether that's just me asking about your work, trying to understand more. I've had you explain to me systems and lay, lay, rollouts and all different. I have no interest in it, nothing whatsoever. And I know that it's not even something that interests you to that great degree. But the fact that I can connect to you in your life I can tell you stories that you have told me in even just passing reference. I could, we sit around a table and someone's talking about Lodica, even with you there, and they say something on that. I instinctively already know both your defense. I know um, what you do and don't want to say in that moment. I know how I could protect you from that accusation or I could be in a place of encouragement where I could say, Latika, why don't you fill them? You know, like, oh my word, lo, tell them about dot, dot, dot. The idea is I can show you an appreciation for you in that context because I love you, because I know you, you know. Now with a spouse, it's that connection magnified a million times over in the sense that you are supposed to day by day, depending on how you view intimate connected relationships and that's why I say I don't think you're right you don't know what's going to happen in the future and it does require such a risk that's your whole thing it's a risk it's a big yeah. risk and is it worth it <laughs> is what worth it that's is, the question is, uh, is it uh, well I assume if you want a relationship so but remember re relationships like have lots of different things it's not it's no, not I'm talking about like a if you want a husband or a yeah, wife but and you're pursuing there that. Are definite, there are definite both pros and cons to that exact thing. And, and re relating back to what I was saying in the beginning, if I, I have issues, I do have issues, you know, as does everybody in the entire world. But there's a place of me saying that I, I, I know I'm comfortable in being alone. We were having this conversation the other night. You asked me who I am and I say I'm valuable, I'm <laughs> significant. I, you know, like I'm yeah. loved, I'm known. All of those things I can and do believe for myself every day. So it's not that I need someone necessarily to complete me. And that's what I was saying to you mm. earlier. I just genuinely want someone to walk with. And I believe not completion, but addition. There will be a... Mm. It's, as a fractured individual in every sphere, uh, the, everybody can grow 
in every sphere of their life at some level, whether that is pursuing work, whether that's pursuing emotional stability, whether that's pursuing intellectual prowess, whether that's pursuing being able to relate to people, whatever it is, we all can grow in different spheres. So sexual stuff, it would be able to, it would be me being able to say, I bring my awareness of not necessarily completely depravity where it once was at all by any means, mm. you know what I mean? And I could pursue a life now stumbling is, is almost to be expected, but the, the, the stumbling that occurs by God's grace, I genuinely believe becomes more minimal as you pursue, as you just outwork your life in fear and trembling. What I mean by that is that the sexual aspects in my own life, like you say, as a single person, I could snuff out. I could I could burn uh, burn away the problems whether whether blood has ruptured and the heart is breaking I could find a way to suture it up I could find a way by God's grace to cauterize the wounds and it mm. does become more and more cauterized more and more stable more and more self-controlled more and more whole I just the way I view it is that I want to have someone with me where I can say sutures and they pass me the sutures. It's not that I can't reach over to the table and grab the sutures or grab the scalpel. It's just that the way that I view it is it's such, it's, it's, a, it's a, a connecting point that I don't want to do alone. I don't want to have to do that alone. And I think that in that place, it's, it's a, it can be a beautiful thing because then the, the pros are things that are like, this deep intimate connection with somebody, whether you're feeling great or whether you're feeling like just being able to have fun with somebody, be it, be it like your whole thing, being able to play and stupid wrestle or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Where you are just having fun and pillow fight on a Saturday night while you're naked. Like, why? you know what I mean? You get what I'm saying? Just stupid things like that, that, that you want to really do somewhere inside of you, you know, like, but there's never actually the opportunity to, to do that. So you, you get what I'm saying in, in the context of a Christian. And it's not just that I want to go bowling. I mean, I don't necessarily want to just go bowling, but let's say <laughs> I do want to go bowling. And it's not me having to, it's me being like, babe, let's go bowling. And if she might even say, no, it's not the fun. Well, what do you want to do? Then she says, she wants to go do this, watch a rom-com. Oh, ugh. But okay, I'll go do it because I just want to be with you. I want to do stuff. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that in that place of doing stuff, things build. And as things build, obviously in self-denial and in service and in receiving. So I do also receive. Your emotional, well, the way that I feel it is that your, your capacity to be more loving, more in joyful, more even sincere in your ugly emotions because you're confronted with them a lot more in relationship than you are when you're single. Mm -hmm. The things that you need to work on, you basically never work on when you're single. You don't have to. But so you sharpened a lot more in the context of marriage. And then that's also a side. I mean, you already have this, but that's aside from kids. That's aside from being able to um, connect income streams so that you can benefit more people in, in with what you're doing. That's aside from ministerial things. And then, the, like I said, just the practical help of having a, a helper. Mm. But that's just not what you want. No, I just... I. It, I see so many people that con 
People don't know what love is. What do you think love is? Love is um, something that disregards any behavior. So, See, I don't think that's not, true. No, but you're not listening. What do you to mean? Me. So, you love a person's core, and we had this discussion yeah. about cores. You need to understand a person's core personality. Okay, but my question to you is, do you, are you supposed to love everybody's core? Because that's what the Bible teaches. You see, that's the thing. Like and love is too... No, it says different. love. That's why I said yeah. I can love people, but I don't like them. Because I look at love differently. I don't see it as people... I think in this world... But then that's, that's what you're saying. You're saying you look at like differently. We, we like people and then we think we love them. Okay. We don't. Love is... Will you be able to sacrifice your life for that person? But you're supposed to do that with everybody. Yeah, I will do that, even for people I don't like. Okay. But I won't necessarily, you understand? So that, to me, is the difference. Love is like hardcore gangster love. That yeah. But love that's exactly, then you're saying is actually what, you, you, what you're after is liking. Not loving. No, no. Because if you say it's hardcore gangster love in the trenches, lay down I your life. I that is... Where the confusion comes in. You like people and you think, oh, I like this guy so much. Yeah, I'm going to, this is the guy. Yeah. And then down the line, when you discover his score, because we are, we are like our nickables. <laughs> so the color is various. We are layered like mm. cakes or onions, depending on whether you shrek or not. It is... Will you be able to love that person's score when all the masks But are that's exactly what I'm saying. Them. You're saying that you're supposed to love everybody's core. No, no, you're misunderstanding me. I will love them like God loves them. He hates the world. He, he hates and he hates everything about us. But still well, he loves us. That's an... Yeah. You understand? I hear you. It's different. Will you be able to, to love someone you hate? You're supposed to. If you to. hated your wife, will you still love her? You're supposed to. You're su but it's impossible. That it's not impossible, impossible. No, it's difficult. I think I'm what you're saying, saying is that you, you, you want to be able to have that deep commitment to an individual, which would you would say is self-sacrificial love. that you can and you want to like. more for and with. No, yeah, that's basically the thing i need to get along with him yeah but i think everybody does ever not go but like now that's oh, this the, guy, i don't want to be but with this, this is my this is my go. question to you <laughs> and i think that's exactly what i'm saying in the in terms of any kind of relationship as not only the relationship changes but as people in different circumstances change then the person that you're dating for the first 16 months might be after having experienced a tragedy in their life for the next six months, you take pastors. We'll use a pastor, for example. Let's take Louis Giglio. Louis Giglio fell into deep, like significant depression. Or even John Piper. Take John Piper and his wife, Noel. They were married, loved one another, fierce, powerful love. And then they went through several years of real heartache, disagreement, not liking one another. They consider themselves polar opposites. Or you take Matt Chandler and his wife, also pastor, that he said he married this woman because he, he loved her and he, he was just convinced, I think you've heard the story, that he was a, a camp counselor and he met this, he, I mean, he was the youth pastor at a camp and he met her while she was still a youth. 
They dated for one year, and before he was even out of college, they got married. And he said for the first seven years of their marriage, he basically hated her. Not in those exact words, but he says it was, it was a train wreck, an absolute train wreck in every single way. She was not at all who he, 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 he hoped, because she constantly changed. And then he, in self-reflectively, after the whole thing, when they give the testimony now, he says, no, he realized it was him. It was him the whole time. He was wanting for her to validate the areas of his life as not being a fully developed man because he doesn't believe that he was affirmed by his father correctly, that he was needing her to love him in a specific way. And when she wasn't, although she was loving him, he then lashed out at her. And then when she responded, he pointed to her as the bad guy. And it created this huge kind of tension. He said for the first seven years... He thought to himself that this is the cross that Jesus has given me in my life. My, my question to you, and again, this is such a common trait. Marriage in and of itself is not ever easy. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Mm. The idea of you coming into something where it's just like, it's only going to be green in a way that is joyful. Because I believe green, like you, you're still getting a tick in in. It's still positive, even when it's uncomfortable and sometimes incredibly difficult. Because what it requires from you is when this woman is treating me like a freaking witch, I need to, in God's grace, show love to her. I need to be patient. I, need, I Jared, need to learn how to control my emotions. I need to learn more about self-denial. I need to learn what it means to, in the face of really disliking somebody, loving them. Yeah, I just say, when you are young, probably you need that. But at my age, looking back, and looking at other people's marriages, and hearing their stories of that it's difficult, but it can also be good, but mm. it's difficult, then I go like, but it is not that pretty cake that everybody makes it out to be. I think so all cakes, it's though. Not, I don't, so you don't need that in your life. I don't, I'm not saying you need it. It's just sometimes when you speak about it, it sounds like it's, it's not something you, you believe is ever good. No, no, it can be good, but normal life is also good. So yeah, but what I mean is it, it can, there are aspects of relationships that make life better, undoubtedly. Human yeah, beings are created for relationships. Maybe in terms of the helper thing. But these days, I can rent help, really. I don't... No, but I don't can... think it's necessarily only at a functional level. I think this is where we keep missing one another. Mm. I, I don't believe... And this is not in any way to discredit singleness or people that are... I just don't believe... Because single people, that's the, that's the other side to it. The way, if you're going to take something like 1 Corinthians 7, where Paul speaks about singleness, single people are supposed to be the most committed individuals in the church. They are supposed to be the most functional members of the church body. They are not supposed to, they are supposed to be in continual relationships, both with married people, single people, old people, young people. They're supposed to be the people that help the, the young, help the poor, help go on evangelisms. They are supposed to be entirely relational beings. Mm. It's not as if singleness is just a, 
a, an avenue to isolation or an avenue to disconnection or an mm. avenue to self-centeredness. And I'm saying that's the difference. Mm. If, you can, if you can be single and not have to deal with your rubbish, then you're not being single properly. You get what I mean? Because that's exactly the whole thing of what, what's supposed to happen to us in the context of marriage. Because the relational aspects of life, I honestly believe are some of the more, other than just your, your walk with Jesus, I believe your relationships are the most important thing you live for. I don't think there is anything else. Mm. What else? Everything else is straw. It, it mm. counts for nothing. It burns away. Even relationships do. They do, but but they are definitely <laughs> they far. They are seasonal friendships. Not are all relationships, and that's exactly Very why I say spousal relationships are never supposed to be viewed as seasonal. But you're going to experience many seasons in that relationship. Yes, but the the, the relationship as a whole. The cool thing about is having a, a season is if that season doesn't suit you, you don't have to stick around. I know, but that I would say then is not a committed relationship because by virtue of what you said is that love is self-sacrificial which means that that's not a real friendship because you're not really loving that person you're choosing when to be kind to them that's not love that's that's if this benefits me i'll stick in it which is exactly the the thing of what i'm saying why marriage causes us to love at a deeper level mm. it causes us to be I more think your children will, will um, teach you to love it yeah, but you can't have children without marriage no i know and at a functional level in terms of the bible you're you're your spouse is more important to you than your children. Yes. So, so your kids are important, but they're never supposed to become before your spouse, ever, in the Bible. It's still the spouse, then the kids. Mm. Forms, you get a form of idolatry when you make your kids the, the center point of your relationship. Mm. I just recognize all of these things as, I don't know, I'm not, I'm, I'm I think, Definitely for myself, and I, I do realize that it's not a universal thing, but definitely for myself, I want to experience the depths of the riches of an emotionally connected, intimate relationship. I was saying to Emily today that I believe intimacy is the, the knowledge of being known, mm. completely known. Mm. You can be completely known with somebody. And I think very... And that's why you must speak right, because you need to, a person that you can be... A hundred percent honest with, mm. not in terms of honesty in what you do, but honesty on, on about your core. Oh, I agree, I yeah. do, and, and I think, and, and yeah. I think that's why. In and total honesty and vulnerability goes hand in hand. Yeah. Otherwise, being honest and but what I'm saying no is, and I think this is where we sometimes disconnect. That's just telling the truth. Where we miss one another. I believe exactly what you're saying. Be completely vulnerable with the person. Now, I would also put limitations on that because this is also where the problems come into play. You can't be completely vulnerable with the person that you're not married with. There's a, there's a, there's a level of commitment that you should only engage in once you've made that commitment, mm. which then at your... And your then you hope <laughs> that the person you have married can handle your vulnerability. Yeah. Most, what happens a lot, and that's why they stop being vulnerable, is that the other partner starts criticizing this wish they are married to. Mm. You understand? So yeah. Well, I think it's difficult. That's why it's very important, like and love. You need to understand a person's all the values. But, uh, and what, their what I'm saying is I don't think you can before you get into a relationship. I don't even think you know all of your own values. 
That's exactly yeah. what I'm, that's how this whole conversation started. That when it comes in, like, I need to have everything perfectly in order in every single sphere. So as for me to know that I can confidently go in and the decision that I make is always going to be right because I'm, I'm checked off. Firstly, that's impractical because you never get, get to that point. But secondly, only in relationship do we see aspects of ourselves that suck, that need to change, that we would otherwise never see. It's, it's simple. So you take flour. If you mix it with sugar and you bake something, you get a certain type of cake. If you mix it with nuts, you get another type of yeah. cake. If you mix it, you get 100 varieties. Yeah. So it's about you will become who you choose to mix with, your partner. So it's either going to be, that's why I say, pick your ingredients then if you want to look at it. Because you're either going to grow in that relationship or you are going to grow apart yeah, but or you're going to... This is what I'm saying so to you. you. Sometimes right when you speak, it sounds like you're not saying that I must pick the right ingredients or anybody must pick the right ingredients. It's saying that you must pick the perfect ingredients. No, no, it's not that. Because I believe ingredients change. I believe... People sometimes just pick the ingredients to pick. They feel that they have to be in a relationship. They want to have this thing to share with another person. Mm. They have this idea of a cake. Yeah. And then they pick. And they don't, they don't know the other ingredient that well. And then when that cake comes out, it's not at all what they expected. And then... Yeah, I'm just saying. But and and you... in my the, my perspective, that's why I agree. I mean, I think I th I think you have to have at some level a shopping list. I'm yeah. just saying that it can't be a shopping list that says I can only get Sasco flour. No, no, definitely. What's the name? Almonds from exactly this place, and if it's not that, then hey. And I even believe that when you start making the cake. Only in the process of the cake actually now being made, the ingredients in inverted commas have supposedly already been bought. You've made the commitment. You know what yeah. I mean? Then you start realizing, oh my word, this cake has no, uh, I don't know what you throw in a cake. We didn't, I, this cake has no cinnamon. We don't have cinnamon. Cinnamon is literally not here. Now, that could cause huge problems unless you're, you're, understanding of the fact that now both of you need to try and find a way in which for you to either get something that tastes similar to cinnamon to add to the relationship so you can build in that or you need to at some level find a way for both of you to go and find cinnamon or just enjoy the cake without it or enjoy the cake <laughs> without it again but that's exactly what you're saying now that uh, you don't think can happen no it can but People, if you look at any, everybody's always in a relationship. Oh, my word. Then I don't this know. Doesn't I mean, I haven't been in a relationship for years. Yeah, but you are, you are, you have made a conscious decision. Yeah, you but I know lots of people who haven't been in oh, relationships okay. for years. I, I understand what you mean when people skip through relationships, there's a sense of neediness there. Well, they, they are in it because of expectations. They don't know one another well enough. In the beginning of a relationship, everything is fun and games. You mm. talk, have deep talks, it's so romantic. You, you play well together, everything about that person is perfect. And, this. and then when you eat your first challenge as a couple, then real 
reactions come out. I hear. I mean, that, I hear what you're saying, but my me, my idea for me that would mm. be uh, uh, it, that's my that's why it's for me it's better not to be in a relationship because if I see that once in that person, or not maybe once, maybe he repeats it two or three times, yeah. then it will be a total put-off. I will not even be able to touch that person. Well, firstly, that's why I say so, I think Christ needs to be the center of the relationship because yeah. only in the place where Christ is the center can you address those things with mm-hmm. the expectation that there will potentially be some kind of change. Yeah. So firstly, like let's say in the relationship now, like you say, oh my word, everything's great, everything's great. The veil comes off the covers this sucks about you and now I must might deal with it. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah. I believe in that place, both partners, and I, I recognize the fact that it doesn't just always happen, but that is why I believe in, in your grossly sh- list, that <laughs> is the thing that you need to know. First and foremost, is the person pursuing Jesus in a place of self-denial? Not just pursuing Jesus by name only. Are they really trying to be more obedient to who they are in Christ every day? If that aspect of who they are is evident, above and beyond um, emotional connections, intellectual uh, compatibility, humeric, whatever. Like, don't get me wrong, I want all of those things but if that thing's there then i know that when that thing comes up and there she lies uncovered and naked and veiled and the thing i don't like about her is there i know both i have to pursue the lord in that i treat this woman as my wife and i give myself up for her that's what christ literally requires of me and i know that even in that place of her being naked she's choosing to do the same thing Mm. it sucks but but sucking should not equate to ending. Mm. Sucking should equate to growing. Mm. It's like only when we figure out the cracks in the foundation can we lay new concrete in that place. But I will not allow for the potential for cracks in a foundation that might only show up three years down the line to make me not avoid a building completely. Mm. I feel like that's living in fear. I feel like because then there's always an expectation that something about the other person is going to come out and I'm going to hate it. So I'm waiting, thinking this is real and I know this is real, but there's something that's deeper that's, that I'm not seeing yet. Because the expectation is this person is going to disappoint me. That's why it's important to know the little bad aspects of a, of a person. Because you must always understand if there's even a little thing that irritates you when you are still new in the relationship, when the chemicals are still in your favor. Yeah. That when the chemicals go out, it's about 18 months to two years, then that little thing is going to become a big thing. So, and, but this is exactly what I'm saying. That if, if it becomes properly, a big thing, who needs to change? It, no, no. You remember now, some people can live with that thing. You must know what is your no-goes and you'll find to live with. Mm. Because we are all um, irritating people at a certain... So we we all have our flaws. It's about knowing a person sufficiently to know that I can live with that flaw. That That is what makes... That flaw actually adds to this person I love. So I, I love this person with those flaws. It's fine. It's funny for me sometimes when they get all moody and 
depressed and I know how to handle it and I love them and I will help them out of it. But certain things, like for instance, for me a no-go is if they are um, dishonest in business or if they um, can, um, because of what they are doing, put another person... Um, break them down or you understand that they can walk over people or so things like that to me will be no-go a, a person that is severely opinion because I like um, discussions and I I have no problem if people disagree with me but I don't like a bully in, in a conversation yeah. so if he if his natural reaction is to become a bully and get into people's characters when um, his back is against the wall. That to me, it's like a. F I cannot see how you can fix a person like that. I I'm not going to be his fixer. Yeah, you don't have so to be. That okay, is so a then no give me certain but things that you would say that, that are oh, in a, because again, now you're going into list things. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying things that that because you can't make your list too airtight. That's exactly no, what I'm getting at. No, so, what no. are the things that you will would not like? yet still be willing to be in a relationship with. Because I'm, I fear sometimes when I speak not only to you, but again, this whole conversation is about the fact that some people are considering those orange light areas, red areas. And, and uh, it yeah. becomes like then everything That's is a freaking red. Yeah, for me, it's, um, it won't bother me if he gets um, random um, bouts of anger. Not physical, but if you, we know if you strip yourself, you know, mm. or if he goes into moods of depression or heavy, like that won't, or if he has the need to be on his own away from me every so often, because I would do, I would want to be away from him ever so often. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot, it's just, I, can, I cannot be with people. I like my aloneness. Mm. I like being alone. So stuff like that won't bother me. Or if he um, drives a car in a certain way, I have an opinion about bad drivers. Yeah. Too, too cautious driving. It's annoying. St stupid little things that won't irritate. It will irritate me in the moment, but it will not cause me not to love him anymore. But okay. certain things of how he acts, if he's very selfish with his money, or if, he, if somebody's in trouble okay, and he won't help the, them. The closing question then is, do you think... That you can only know those things about a person later on. That the, the, the no, it depends on the experiences you have together. But are you so always waiting for those red flag things to pop up? Like, what if that no, person no. is genuinely just not like that? But you constantly have no, this caution you in your mind that, that maybe they will end up like that. Yeah, but you say that it comes that's in why, layers. Yeah, but that's why you need to spend time with a person and but that's what I'm saying at, at what time does it become like okay now you know no I don't know that's why I say the risk because now you if you marry it's for life yeah ne? that's no I agree with you thing. so I go because the consequences of you now breaking up just deciding now you understand that it could potentially be affect your eternal life so I say why gamble with my... I'm not going to gamble with my eternal life. What do you mean, breaking up? I will... I would... What do you mean that's going to affect your eternal life? If I now decide I'm going to divorce this guy, because I just cannot bear him anymore. Well, yo, that's a strong opinion. Do you think that people that get divorced go to hell for it? 
Uh, you don't know, Jared. Well, I mean, the Bible I don't think very you can... clear cut on it. It does say in certain things it says, um, Jesus, if you just repent of your sins, you are forgiven, which is cool. And in other places it says Jesus cannot be sacrificed twice. Yeah, but I mean, um, you do know that so if you repent of divorce, because by I virtue of you even just saying that, you've been divorced. So, yeah, no, so do you think you'll go to hell? Well, no, I've repented of it. Exactly. But I, I do believe if I do it a second time, Jesus cannot be sacrificed twice. I do believe it. I don't know if it is. I think that's a very strong opinion. Anyway, it's besides the point. It just made me think of it. So I, I don't know if I, if I can, if it, the risk is worth it. I don't know. See, I don't. I mean, I don't even consider the risk of eternal life. I, I believe eternal life is something completely separated. Now, I'm not saying that if I get married, I don't believe you can get remarried. That's, I believe, is a biblical principle. Oh, there's my answer. I can't get remarried. So well, I mean, it. even at the time frame <laughs> of what it means to get remarried, I think that everything of your past sins are washed away prior to you being saved. Yeah. And I don't think, I mean, this is just me speaking, but I could be wrong. I don't think you were saved, saved when you were, mm. you, you know, like, yeah. that's even what you would say. It's no, not as if, I agree. Yeah. People, most, most people know, know God and go to church, but very few are saved. By name only. Mm. Um, anyway, I suppose my, I, I just, the questions in my mind are, firstly, I know that it's, it's unthinkable that one would be completely content and whole in every single sphere of their life and mind prior to entering into a relationship. I do think that in every single sphere, you grow. So it becomes like, I look at things that I know that you need in the context of mm -hmm. marriage, and I learn how to fill those needs. If I'm really invested, mm. and obviously yeah. the full weight of the cross the is behind me. You must grow I together. I yeah. believe that God helps that growth. Now, that's not to say, you know, I'll be the first person to say that I think you need to be physically attracted. I think there needs to be intellectual attraction. I think that spiritually there needs to be an attraction. I think that emotionally there needs to be significant depth. I think that there needs to be just certain things, quirks about people that you do like. Now, again, I don't think that means that the person is going to be in any way perfect. That's unrealistic. Mm -hmm. But the areas that might be a hit and a miss, you still have the odd next 30 odd years to practice. But that's exactly what I'm saying. When, when, when I see a problem in my partner, I, it's not for me then to say, oh, I've made a mistake. I believe my responsibility in the context of a marriage is then to say, okay, how do I, or what do I need to do, not necessarily to change, but to add on to myself so that the mistake in her, I can connect to, or I say mistake, the, the area of difference, like the whole thing with accounting, mm -hmm. or a good one would be humor. Like, mm -hmm. if your senses of humor are not exactly the same, what can I do to not only grow in a knowledge of her sense of humor, you know, like, because if that's something that I know that we can still build into, then it it's not for me to necessarily say, no, nope, flipping. It's for me to say, okay, well, we're invested in this in every, so the areas that might not, it's not a hit and a, a, a strike out. It's not one, what you would say are those red letter, um, problems it's not a physical violence it's what you would say is bad driving you know like one of mm. these kind of orange 
they're not great they could be better um it's it's i believe it falls on us in the context of relationship then to build into that and then i believe that even more so that jesus blesses that so that those exact things will be a testimony to who christ is in your life in the relationship Mm. and Furthermore, and this is what I'm saying, I think in the process of development, we get to know ourselves a lot more and we find deeper levels of wholeness. Mm -hmm. If I have to become more well-rounded, so as for me to connect to the areas that I might not connect, is there a problem with me becoming more well-rounded? No. Obviously, it's a good thing for me to become more Mm. well-rounded. I don't know. I think... The whole idea of of connection and love and relationship and intimacy is well worth the areas of risk. Now, again, I'm not saying that you take a gun and blow your head off with every single um, person that comes down the line. If anything, I'm a staunch one that says, no, you, you can pick up the gun when you are far more certain than you were not certain you know what i mean Mm. like there needs to be an element of yes 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 ah yes no yes 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 ah yes no in even in the way that you mark off the things Mm. um and then it can become like a i'm gonna pick up the gun because the risk is definitely worth it Mm. because i can see the positive aspects of it Mm. i suppose you also already have kids you already have. Yeah, that's why I say maybe you, you um, argue the point from a different perspective. I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt. I know that um, not only my own marriage, but in others, other marriages that I've seen, that looking back, it's not this thing that everybody makes it out to be. I don't it's know. Actually... I think you also evaluate the ones that are not good because I can tell you many relationships where they say, looking back, it was everything that they'd ever hoped for and far more. I know people mm. like that. I don't, so maybe that's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> I just say I, I don't have a need for uh, another person in my life. I like my, uh, my alone time. I like being alone. Mm, me too. And I don't have a problem to engage people when I'm with them. Um, but I just don't, I can't see myself with someone and I don't, be, I don't miss it at all. Yeah, but my, my, and again, I don't even think this is about you. My question or my reservation with regard to how you and myself interact in this specific area is that I think you think the way that you view it is, I don't say right, but like your, your whole hesitation towards other people entering into it is because you have an awareness of the risk factor you, and, and therefore you think to yourself, it's almost doomed to not work because of the way that you view it. You know what I mean? Like, which I don't think is right either because I think it could work from the complete opposite. I take Liesl and Bassam for example, Henny and Natalie, all of these people Mm. that have been in decades long marriages and fiercely love one another. Fiercely. They would do any, they would die on on a dime for one another without thinking twice. Mm. And he was telling me the other day, and I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying this. Um, well, Natalie actually was saying to me that like she, she didn't think Henny was funny at all. She didn't think so many things were right about Henny. I mean, you've seen, she's much taller. Than, you know, like it's yeah. not a, the, there's the way that she envisioned her life and future 
was not necessarily with a guy exactly the same as any. But she knew that the Lord had put very similar visions on their heart. She knew that the connection that she'd given, or the, the idea of what marriage and covenant looks like to both of them is so secure. And then over a process of a few months in terms of ironing out certain things that needed to not be there, the connection that they now have is fully invested fully invested mm. now that's not to say everything is hunky-dory ever it, mm. it's to say yeah, that yeah. the the pursuit of joy um is far more of a like a direction i choose to pursue joy in the context of relationship as opposed to saying ah oh, well joy might not be found so let me not even try or it's rather a thing like say every it is everything people say. Yeah. What you say, it's this beautiful. It wasn't just. Nice I mean, they went through years cake. of not no. So I'm not saying it's. I'm saying that every layer is a different layer. But in that layer, you can work on the things that yeah, need yeah. to be worked on. So for them, I'll give you an example before you just. Um, for them, that you know, their marriage fell through just before they got married. Literally a week before they got married. <laughs> yeah. Um, the cross-cultural thing, the not connecting specifically in humor and um, ideas. You know, like Henny was telling me the other day, even just socioeconomic status, the, the background that he came from and the background that Natalie came from, very different, very, yeah. very different. So there's vast differences. And then they say um, they're going to press in past. It was a dark area for several months, years and then it became a light area. Then they were connected, loving one another, pursuing the missions field. But they're pursuing the missions field in Islamic countries. The way in which Islam views blessing of God, one of the primary ways is through lineage. Kids. Do you have kids? That's how they yeah. think Allah blesses them. You know, like whether or not you have your seed has been bountiful. Haney and Natalie, Natalie was barren. They couldn't have kids for years. And they, they literally said, you will not have kids. The doctors told them repeatedly, you will not have kids. So now they are in this pursuit of missions and loving one another. They're fulfilling the vision that God had called them. They're driving from Spain into Morocco. And they are ready to go hit the Islamic field. But the depth of the, their heart rests in a place of Firstly, the exact thing that helps them evangelize in this context would be being able to speak about the fact that you have kids. And secondly, the, the deepest, one of the deepest longings of both of their hearts are not being fulfilled. That's a layer to the cake that yeah. you don't want. Mm. It's a, and it's very difficult to not become no, blaming. No, that's different. No, you won't blame. There you are, are supportive of your partner. Uh, it's that's easy to say you would just be supportive. Oh, it's very difficult. It's supportive. supportive is always, and that's it. what you just said is my point. Supportive is a conscious choice, always. No. Oh, okay, if you don't have it as a natural ability, then it must be a conscious choice. Nobody has complete supportiveness as a, as a natural but ability. But it comes always. more natural for some than others. Well, if that's the argument that you put forward, then I would say then you should, you should be in a relationship. I just say, that little cupcake that you present that looks so pretty, a yeah. relationship standing over there. Yeah. I'm looking at it and I go like, you know, I, it looks nice. That's how everybody pictures it. But... Will I die if I don't eat no, it? No, and I'm no. also not saying you'll so die then, if you don't eat it. I don't going to go 
I don't need that in my life. But now. I'm just saying, don't <laughs> let your heart ever become that that all cupcakes are just not good. You know <laughs> no, what I mean? No, I, I do appreciate it and everything, but I don't have to have one. I, I hear that. Okay. And I've never told you you need one. You know <laughs> okay. what I mean? Like, I th yeah, again, the conversation started just on how relationships are approached or why they're approached. Yeah. Anyway. I love you, my friend. Oh, I love you too, Pierce Yeah. Yeah, Tani. I don't... I think...